Welcome to the Beginner Audiophile Show, where we bridge the gap between the clueless big box stores and the snobby stereo shops. Every show is filled with gear reviews, commentary, and interviews aimed to find out what makes a real-world difference in your listening experience, how to get the most bang for your buck, and frankly, how to begin experiencing your music the way it was intended. And now, your co-hosts, Dr. Paul Anderson and Michael O'Neill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beginner Audiophile, What's Happening?, uh, this episode is brought to you by SVS, as you may or may not know. My audio system was transformed by a couple of their SB2000 subwoofers. I mean, if I could state one major difference that was made in my system, it was adding these subs. It was unbelievable. Uh, check out their Prime Wireless and their brand new Prime Pinnacle speakers. Which are which we can't wait to get our hands on. Uh, audiophile refinement, breathtaking home theater dynamics, all of that at SVS, actually SVSound.com. SVSound.com. Uh, huge fans here at Beginner Audiophile. And I'm a huge fan of the man sitting right next to me. I'm here in uh, the lovely town of Beverly Hills, California, on a lovely Southern California day with my friend and yours. Dr. Paul Anderson. Hello, sir. And I'm here with the legendary Michael O'Neill. Legendary Michael O'Neill. Um, so much to catch up on. It's been four months since you and I recorded a show together, although for the listeners, it's only been a couple of weeks since they've heard us because we, we batched them out over the course of the last couple of months. But we've had a lot of stuff. We've played with a lot of stuff between then and now. And on this episode... We've got a heavyweight battle of true wireless in-ear uh, headphones, which are which were very interesting to listen to. Uh, my review of the actually in yours as well because you had this thing for a while, the Blue Sound Node, and something that I want to start with, which is that you've taken the venerable Audio Technica M50X uh, headphones, which we reviewed two years ago, and you've done something which to me. Wouldn't make much of a difference, and you're telling me it made a great difference, and I want to hear about it. So what happened? Well, basically, they were, the ear pads were wearing out, and I was getting black flakes everywhere, so it was kind of annoying. And yeah. I said, well, i got to change this. So I went online, and I looked, and they had these wicked cushion, and I put them on the headphones, and it transformed them, which was absolutely amazing. And it's not surprising because Mr. Speaker's... Uh, Dan, he started his company by modifying headphones, and one of the first things they did was change the ear pads. And even on their high-end stuff from Mr. Speaker's headphones, they, they do offer different pads and adjustments and so on. So the space matters, and also the angle matters. And the seal, I, was, I would imagine. Well, the seals, uh, you know, I had a good seal before, but just it, the when you put something by your ear, the angles and how the sound's projecting, but... I had a wonderful experience with the uh, Wicked Cushions for all of $20. So these were on Amazon or something? Amazon.prime, baby. Amazon.prime. Um, and they're called, <laughs> you've got a little, like, uh, little coupon here from them. Uh, they are uh, at Wicked Cushions on Instagram and on Facebook. And they're just a pair of pads. And you, do they have them for a bunch of different headphones or just the uh, M50s? They do. It fits a number of uh, headphones. I, but uh, I was just delighted because I need a replacement and I improved my sound for 20 bucks. Isn't that interesting? And you got bright red. Well, just so I can show off on the plane. Right. Yeah, because you, uh, you, those M50Xs are something you travel with all the time. So my theory on that is I don't like the active noise cancellation. I think it... it, it the, the sound isn't as good, and I yeah. really like the AT-X50s. Um, I like the sound, and for passive, I get 85% of the jet engine blocked, and they sound good. Right, and so I'm looking right now on Amazon, and these things are good for Sony, Audio-Technica, Bose, Beats, Beats Solo. Uh, so, And it looks like they've got camo, they've got red camo, they've got any different color. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess you're you're there. And I baked them off because I have two sets. I have one set for my studio, 
and one set of the ATH for traveling. So I bake them off. To heat you have them. two pairs of those. Yes, I, didn't I know have that. one over there with my electronic keyboard and another one. So I could bake them off. And it was substantially better. Isn't that something? Who knew that you could take? And that's got to be very close to one of the best bang for the buck upgrades we've ever heard go, of on the, the show. Best bang. 20 bucks 20 for bucks. new. It was remarkably better. Where it really improved was the base. I found ATH was always a little base light. Mm. And it also cleared up the, the, the congestion. Yeah, I always found, especially with the cheaper DACs and the phones and the iPad, you get a lot of congestion when it gets, music gets busy. And that really cleared up, I think, the best it's going to do until we get a better DAC, portable DAC, which is my next thing I'm looking at. Right. You're looking at the Chord Mojo. You're looking at the shit stuff, uh, S-C-H-I-T-T. Um, and the I-F-I-X-D-S-D. What's that one? Uh, it's a great little device, about 400 bucks. It does MQA, it does DSD, and it's got good battery life. Uh, the reviews are stunning, and a lot of a lot of reviewers are saying they like it better even than the Mojo. Um, wow! So interesting. So I'll bake them off coming up in the next few months. So that's 400 bucks on Amazon. It's got good reviews. Um, it looks like a pretty good form factor. Yeah. All right, and it does the whole high res deal and that that whole thing. Um, you are you are a known proponent of title on airplanes lately. Yes, I am. I am the one that proved. So initially, you couldn't stream title right. on an airplane because the internet was too bad. Right and now, they have uh, better quality internet, and I've been able to stream across the country, whether it's diagonal, uh, horizontal. It doesn't matter. I've been across America huh. and to to Bahamas and. I've got it to work, but master does not work. It it'll drop because the resolution's too high. So it'll do hi fi, but, but it not won't master. Do master. No, okay. but still, I'm streaming at thirty thousand feet on my iPad. You know, working or reading or what, whatever, and I'm streaming the music, man. I'm playing all my playlists. It's awesome. Sweet. And the other thing I noticed being here is you have a new set of speakers for your home theater. You've got the Dolly, which I didn't have any experience with. The Oberons. The Dolly, or the, wait, is it Dolly Oberon or Oberon Dolly? Dolly Oberon. Dolly Oberon. So you've got the center channel and then four bookshelves, and then you've got your two rel subs, one big fatty and then one smaller one is right. your home theater setup with your Primair Fancy Pants uh, 5.1 setup. Yes, it is Fancy Pants. It is. <laughs> Talk to me about the speakers. What do you th what do you like? What do you not like? Uh, they're great. Um, I just think for the size of my room, they're, they're just a little small. But if you had a small room, the Oberon ones are stunning for the mm. dollar. But the Oberon threes had the better reviews, and that's the one I really wanted in there. But it won't fit on the silly bookshelf in this rental house. So, but uh, the sound quality upgrade from the previous generation with the Zenser to the Oberon is substantial. Mm. And I think if I get the, if I could have gotten the towers with a set of threes in the back, I would have really been very very happy. The problem is there was a a, a WAF conflict. Oh, not a little. A uh, big. There was a WAF conflict. Yeah. And for Although those she of likes you, white. So they actually have white grills on these things. I've got them ordered, and they have white stands. Oh, cool. So I'm slowly moving along. Right. In the white. I tried the to. I tried to. It bump didn't it. work. Yeah. It didn't she work at all. It. Didn't know. Didn't work at all. But. No, she because was. Because now I can get everything in white, and she's in a white phase. Okay, we might be okay. The WAF conflict uh, is the wife ex uh, acceptance factor, which could be uh, the SAF, could be the spousal acceptance factor. But it's just you know, will they are they okay with a pair of giant speakers, you know, uh, in the in the house or in the room or whatever? Well, it's interesting. A lot of the manufacturers, the better ones, are now starting to offer white on white. And I think that's part because there's a lot of modern architecture. A lot of people are going to lighter colors. So having lighter color speakers, not all every cloth is black. So now having a white cloth and a white speaker tends to disappear into the wall. So that, I think, is going to help. Yeah, well, and I actually really like how they look now. They're white gel coat, and they have that kind of modern gray weave thing that a lot of companies doing, including... One of the two companies that we're going to talk about in the True Wireless earbud, which is Sennheiser, because their case for their True Wireless is that exact same texture, which is this sort of gray and white kind of cotton woven thing that you find in a lot of 
I don't know, hipster speaker girls no, these it, days. It, it's more It's a very trendy It is. It's, thing. Very, it's really, really attractive. Yeah, and you see it a lot with like Sonos or, you know, some of these lifestyle speakers. Um, you know, the other ones I didn't bring up because I came up here from San Diego and I brought a few things with me is uh, Edifier sent me a pair of their bookshelves, which are also still sitting in the, in the box. Uh, and it's I need to, to listen when they're in the box. They are, but I j- had just gotten the SVS Prime Wireless in my studio, and I have another set of something else that I, j- I so I like. I have a a, a, a glut. I'm a glutton for powered small wireless speakers at the moment, um, and so I need to uh, I need to to get all those listened to so that I can move on to the next thing. You know. It's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, what's, what's, what do they say? I've, I've got a, um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for your help and you're giving me nothing. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have, too, I mu- I have too much of a good thing. Yes. Well, and also the break-in is a bit of a challenge too, right? Because you've got to break them all in to listen to them. Yeah. Well, so that's you true. you a long train. Well, yeah, they crank a little bit. And then speaking of, here's something we're not talking about on this particular episode, but I also had <laughs> sitting in a box uh, next to my, in my little foyer there, a, a pair of headphones that I literally thought were like a $150 pair of headphones. And they were sent to me by a company called Clear, C-L-E-E-R. And this is not a formal review yet. Um, I brought them up so you could check them out. And I unboxed them last night and we were both like, whoa. These are not $150 headphones. They're very, very nice, beautifully constructed. They sounded great out of the gates without, you know, they, they need a bit of break-in. But they look super quality, and I think they have the best bag I've ever seen for a pair of headphones, which is like a fur-lined, I just want to put my hand in it and, and, and pet it. That's the naughty show. That's a different episode. <laughs> I want to pet, I want to pet the, yes. the furry line. But they were pretty impressive. Well, I think I think also the message is is understanding break-in. Um, sometimes there's talk a, about that a little there's bit. There's a debate whether it's real or not, but especially in speakers and headphones, yo, definitely. And you need to know from the companies; they usually give you a good idea. You know, it's a hundred hours, it's three hundred hours, it's four hundred, five hundred hours. Some some of these speakers have really um, uh, tightly woven speakers that, that that don't loosen up that quickly but eventually they do and you get an entirely different we call it the break-in blues one day you'll come home and go oh it sounds great and then five minutes later oh they suck and then five minutes later not too bad so you'll go through this phase and then all of a sudden it'll just they'll come into their own so those headphones which we liked out of the box which is pretty unusual by the time they get whatever 100 200 hours on them should be really coming into their own well i'll give a uh, i'll give a uh, a full review down the road uh, how do you break in a set of headphones or a set of speakers? What do you do? Uh, you basically want to have as large a range in the music in terms of frequency and dynamics. So usually put on a playlist on Tidal or something like that. Just loop it, and then you want it to play all the time. When you go out of the house, you want to crank them, depending on your neighbors. <laughs> yeah, right. And same with the headphones. You want to you get volume into them, and when you're home, you lower it. But basically, you want to play constantly for at least... Usually it's a week, sometimes two. Just stick on Spotify or Pandora and hit. Well, I usually whatever. Use t- I just want whatever title it is because I want more. I want more dynamic range. I okay. really want. I really got to hit the frequency ends because I want it to move it as much as I can. Okay, but you could. The point is, stick something on and hit it repeat and, and, and let, let it, it just, just go, go do its thing. That's right. I mean, anything will be better. But so you could do that and literally leave the house for a week and come back to a different set of speakers or a different. Set of Very you know, headphones so. or something like that. It kind of makes sense when you consider how, like, what we're talking about, which is like metal or carbon or plastic with rubber surrounds and glue, and it's this thing's got to move and kind of it needs to loosen up. It's like a pair of jeans, right? You got to put them on and move around a little bit until they get till till they stretch out a little bit and kind of form to what you're doing, right? Well, exactly, because if they gave it to you where you wanted it, when it loosens up. Then you're not going to get. Then it's too big, right? And it's, the pants don't fit anymore, right? So it's the same idea. Right. You got to let them break in. So those headphones, which are giving you some nice sound today or last night, they'll they'll really break in. Hmm. So that's a really important message. You get a pair of speakers in your house, you're like oh they suck. You got to break them in. Usually it's minimum two weeks, hmm. and then so it's nice if you listen at the beginning, and go oh, I don't really love them, and then two weeks later listen again and go oh that's why I picked them. Interesting. One of the, and that's one of the things that could happen, too, is if you listen to a pair of speakers at a store, 
those are already broken in. They've been there for months and they've been playing a bunch. So sometimes when people get a pair of speakers home, they're like, wait, this doesn't sound anything like I heard in the store. It's because they, they, they need a little minute. Can you manually... Like, can you push on the cone or anything like that? Oh, no, that's just weird. Dude. Like that's a bad like idea. That velvet thing in the the the, the uh, headphone case. Oh. No, no. <laughs> don't, no push don't push on no, your cones. No, don't push on your cones. No, it, it really is. You just let the music and you just let it break in passive, passively while you're not listening. Hopefully. Okay. Well, so uh, let's get into. Uh, and by the way, we have a ton of your questions. Coming, I have just a backlog of like 50 questions. We're obviously not going to get to all of them. We'll do as many as we can today. Um, but let's talk about, uh, I've been kind of harping on this for a while because part of my real life is I'm on the phone a lot. Um, I like to listen to music. I like to listen to podcasts. <clears throat> and um, to have something that is lifestyle-oriented, but also still sounds good is not easy. I can't stand Apple AirPods. I think they sound terrible. I don't think they seal in your ear at all. Like they don't fit my ears at all. They will fall out all the time. So last CES, Consumer Electronics Show, I was on a mission to find true wireless earbuds, good ones. Since Apple took away our headphone port, uh, I still prefer not having, you know, Bluetooth in my brain, but... Uh, in limited use, or if I'm on the phone, I want to be able to use these and then still flip over and listen to some music and that kind of thing. Well, CES 2018, I looked all over and could not find very good true wireless earbuds. They weren't there yet. This year, a totally different situation. Audio-Technica's there, Sennheiser's there, like the uh, Klipsch is coming. They're not all out yet, and part of the reason why is because Apple in typical Apple fashion, is very proprietary with how they uh, they link the Bluetooth to the phone. So the, the people didn't have access to, you know, the ability to, like, skip and the ability to, to you know, switch songs or do volume and, and that kind of thing. Well, finally, that has come out. Apple, I feel like, maybe says, we get a two-year head start, and then you get to get to play in that sandbox. Well, thankfully now some of the bigger companies have stepped in. And in this case, we have kind of the small Brooklyn startup versus the giant German stalwart audio company, which is Master and Dynamic with their MW07 versus the Sennheiser Momentum True Wireless. And what I will say about both of these out of the gates is that they both are so far head and shoulders above any other true wireless that I've heard, from the AirPods to the Beats to, I mean, really any of them. And I was really excited that these were the two that we got. Now, I have asked about seven different companies for their true wireless, including RHA, including Klipsch, including Audio-Technica. A lot of them weren't ready yet, so they were all in prototype phase at NAM and at CES. We will hopefully be getting these in the next few months. These are uh, not only the best I've heard, which I'm excited that these are the ones I got, but they're the only ones I got. So uh, you had a chance today to play with them a little bit. Um, I've been living with these for like three months, so I have a, a lot of opinions on them, but you have a really good kind of raw, you just got to hear them for an hour on the couch kind of deal, and you went back and forth a few times. And then our friend Matt got a chance to listen to them as well. So would love your opinion on the, um, and sort of the aesthetic and then the sound of each one. I like the aesthetic of both, except I'm not sure that the pink case on the Masters <laughs> Dynamics is really That's my true. thing. But um, I like the ergonomics of both. I thought they were great. They, they both fit the ear well. I mean, and it was size for your ears. So Yeah, I have like my giganto, I have the biggest size on there. Jumbo is what we call that, or Dumbo, if it was an elephant. Ayo. But the thing that was interesting was I listened initially, and I liked the Masters and Dynamics out of the box. But what I started to figure out was it's like the speaker you go and you listen to, and you like it for 10 minutes, but then you realize after a while it's very fatiguing. Uh, it's just like the Kef LS50s for my ear. I just can't take that metal 
tweeter, I just my ear gets very fatigued. So there was a lot of high-end, much more high-end out of the master and dynamics. And after a while, I just found it a little fatiguing. I thought it was a little more detailed, less it was more clear, but I couldn't live with it. Not talking about the the ergonomics and the problems that you'll raise, but the Sennheiser, which was a little more Sennheiser, 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 yeah, Sennheiser, Sennheiser, yeah. So Sennheiser, I I thought it was a little flat initially. I played around with it, started listening a little longer. Yeah, I could live with the the Sennheiser. Yeah, I could live with them, but I I couldn't live with the other one. You couldn't live with them. I could not. You could not live with them. I get too much ear fatigue. Interesting. I got ear fatigue on the couch today. That's how I knew. Huh. As I liked it, I was going back and forth, and I thought, I can't listen to these anymore. Too much trouble, too revealing. Hmm. It was really irritating. Interesting that too revealing is the issue. Well, but you I, felt I, the I same way I, about, to, just to, you felt the same way about the Kef LS50s. Yeah, so I, I got, even though I'm older, I got really good high um, yeah. frequency hearing, and it's pronounced, so it really, I just, it fatigues me. So this, the Sen, Sennheiser. Heiser, Heiser, Sennheiser. I, I, that's the one I'm going with if I was picking one. Okay. But again, I don't. I'm, I'm sort of like you. I'm not sure that a Bluetooth by the brain is a good thing. Although I'm not sure it matters. We get, we, get we don't, we don't know yet. Radio waves everywhere. So, for me, but interesting enough that uh, IFI um, XDSD will do Bluetooth wireless for your headphones or your earphones. Oh, interesting. As, as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things that people like about it because you don't have another set of wires, right? Right. Yeah, and there's a couple of devices where you can plug in your wired headphones and clip the thing to your pocket, and then it'll Bluetooth to your phone, and you're still good to go. So that's kind of including one that clips right onto your uh, M50s and makes them into a, a Bluetooth headset yeah, if I you saw want, that. which is yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I'll, let me tell you my experience with these. Um, first and foremost, I had the Sennheisers now for a couple of months, and... I'm going, to see, I'm going to go outside to inside. Cases. So Sennheiser has that same gray kind of hip texture case. Um, the thing I love about the case is that it's magnetic. The thing I hate about the case is it feels super, super cheap to me. First of all, neither of these sets of wireless earbuds are cheap. They're both 300 bucks. They're 299 So you're spending some real money for these. But there is something really open this case and feel uh, how I that, actually like the case, but I'm not sure. But, but feel how like when you open the lid, how like light and kind of I'm not having a problem with it. The like jewelry box. I'm okay with it. It feels like but compared to this one, which has some heft. I you're not gonna convince me. And I, I didn't I didn't mind. I just find the metal case gorgeous uh, and very I thought both were good. I like okay. the lights on this one though. They both have lights. Oh, this one it. has a little guy in the back. Just, oh, like, just so they dude. both charging cases or both cases charge and that kind of thing. The uh, Master Dynamic, which is a small company from Brooklyn, is a for me a beautiful kind of one inch by two inch metal box, and it comes in this great little velvet uh, bag that you can that you can carry it around in, and it just looks really quality. So my first complaint about the Sennheiser was the uh, the case. They're both USB-C charged. Uh, they both charge the earbuds. The um, the Master Dynamic, I think, with the case, have a 14-hour uh, charge. Yeah, 14 total hours of battery life, and the Sennheiser has 12 hours of battery life. So they'll each recharge the earbuds three full times, which is great on a, on a full charge. It'll definitely get you through a day of of uh, you know flying or whatever. Um, so for me, the, the case of the master dynamic wins, um, s uh, although I do like the magnetic snap of the Sennheiser, the Sennheiser looks like a Rolo, you know, the candy Rolo with a, with an earbud on the end of it. And really it's got this, uh, literally it's almost exactly a Rolo shape and it twists in. They're super solid. The master dynamic has kind of a. Let's see how I would describe it. It's like square on one end and round on the other, uh, like a like a kryptonite lock. It's shaped like a kryptonite lock, like a U lock, and but it's got these cool little ridges on the top that lock into your ear, and they really provide a super solid. They both are actually really solid to me, so I have zero complaints about that. And then uh, well, I'll get into Sonically in a second. I'm, I'm talking kind of lifestyle wise. I spent a lot of time on the phone doing coaching calls and that kind of thing. 
Um, after about two minutes, uh, well, actually, I'll get into the technology first. So the Sennheisers have a technology where you can tap on the right side or the left side and raise the volume on the right and lower the volume on the left. You can tap twice on the right, and it'll uh, open up, <laughs> um, what are they called, ambient mode? I think transparent. transparent mode, which means you can hear the outside world. These things both have such good seals that they might as well be uh, noise canceling because you can't hear barely anything once they're in your ears. We haven't done the jet engine test, though. That's we have true. To I have. It. And did it work for the jet engine? Yeah, yeah, it works great. Oh, perfect. yeah. Like I've listened to movies on planes and have no problem. Not I can't hear the baby in the next row. Um, but they have a thing called transparent mode, which I kind of like when you're on the street. You want to hear cars or you know bad people sneaking up behind you or something you can turn transparent mode on you can actually hear people talking to you probably something you do when you're listening to a podcast or a, an audiobook maybe not if you're immersing yourself in music um but here's the issue i had and this is still this issue is still prevalent is that the sennheiser after a couple of minutes can get super staticky when you're talking on the phone. And I don't know if that's this particular set. Um, I haven't written to them yet to find out. I know they've had a firmware update. I have updated it, but I don't know if that is something that's been fixed. They have Bluetooth 5.0, so they should be the best Bluetooth that's out right now. Uh, whereas the Momentums uh, have, or not the Momentums, the other ones, the MW07s have Bluetooth 4.2. But that's the static thing was a major problem. So I'd have to keep switching back to iPhone and then back to the momentum to get it to stopping staticky. The other thing that was weird is that I, if I put my phone in my left rear pocket with the Sennheisers, it would disconnect weirdly. And it's, I mean, how, what is that? A 18 inches maybe to the, to the ears. It would disconnect. If it was in my right pocket or my front pocket, it was okay. Whereas I literally was working on my car in my garage yesterday and had the MW07s in and walked all the way up to my bedroom, probably 80 feet away, and they were still playing my audiobook that I was listening to. So I don't know if I've got a wonky pair from a Bluetooth standpoint, but from like an overall lifestyle usability point, I prefer the analog buttons on the MW07. You've got literally a volume up, volume down on the left-hand side. You've got your click to the next track on the right-hand side, and they're actual physical buttons. So I like those better um, on the MW7s. I, I, you know, if what I'm experiencing with the Sennheisers isn't everywhere, then I'm going to assume that maybe these were a prototype or an early production run, and I got those, and maybe the firmware is not as updated, but I thought I've updated them to the most recent ones. Who knows? Um, and then from a sound standpoint, I don't... Um, if someone said I had to live with both of these... I wouldn't have any issue with it. I, I mean, I happen to love the Kef LS50s. So they sound great to me. When I put on the MW07s at CES, I was astonished with how good they were compared to, because remember, I'd listened to about 10 other pairs that, that day. And I was just like, whoa, this is a different experience. But the Sennheisers, it's Sennheiser. They know how to make a great, fantastic pair of headphones. I mean, we're talking legendary sound. So... For me, the, the, the litmus test is sort of the, the usability side. And for that, I give the MW07s the nod. Oh, you don't really know because you have to find out if it's a bad pair. I'm going to find out. That's right. So we'll, we'll leave that for as now. A, for now. But in terms of this comes up is voicing. Whoever voiced the Mastered in Dynamics likes that kind of sound mm -hmm. that you like. Yeah. Which is very revealing, very revealing in the high end and... There's certain listeners, like me, where I'll find that extremely fatiguing. So right. whether it's a speaker or headphones, whoever did that, uh, say, it again, say it again. Sen Sennheiser. Sennheiser. Heiser. Like a Kaiser. No, like Sennheiser. a Kaiser roll. They voiced it for more of the mainstream and more of my type of ear where you don't run the risk of having fatigue, but you lose some of the sparkle, you lose some of the detail. So mm. that that's an intentional decision, unless they're defective in, on the sonically. I didn't think they were, but we should get another pair in and listen to it. But if they voice it that way intentionally, I understand why. It's like the ATH. The ATH doesn't have a lot of high end. It doesn't have a lot of, tr a lot of detail. It's just good all-arounder. It's very flat, the curve, the EQ cur cur curve on it, because they're studio monitors, right? They don't... Right. So 
they're more of a subtle sound that some people like and others won't. Um, and this, this is sort of the they're same thing. They're also EQable. There's an equalizer in the I app. I tried it, that, that app. Um, I don't know about the rest of the apps. And the, the app was terrible. I, <laughs> it, it was rated terrible. It, it, you couldn't move things. It was didn't have a proper EQ. It was some weird, I don't know what it was. Okay. But for me, it was like, look, let's get another pair in and listen. I certainly could live with them. I will ask them. I'll ask them if they can send me another one just to see if it's the same yeah, issues. But mine is still Bluetooth by the brain. I'm going to run a wire from my right. to my, my non-headphone port. My <laughs> yeah, right. iPhone. Um, here's some specs for both. Um, they are both 299 The uh, Sennheiser Momentum is 12 hours of battery life, uh, Bluetooth 5.0. They have touch control on each side. One thing I did like about the Sennheisers is you were able to use a single earbud. So if you're like in bed next to your beloved and you're trying to go to sleep, you can put one earbud in and just listen to your audiobook or whatever and that's cool. Um, that's something I w would do a lot of. Whereas the other ones, you have to have both of them in for them to connect with each other. Um, and then Master Dynamic MW07, Bluetooth 4.2, AppDex, uh, big Bluetooth raids. They have a 10 millimeter beryllium driver. I love the case. Uh, 14 hours of battery life and uh, about 3.5 hours per charge. And uh, that's it. So uh, whether you choose one or the other, and it's probably not a bad idea to get both and just bake them off like we do and send the one back until Amazon gets mad at you like they do with us. Um, They're really mad at me. <laughs> I know they are mad at you. Um, but uh, one thing I will tell you is they're just eons better than the Apple AirPods. Both were great sound quality, especially yeah, for the size really and for an earbud. They were terrific. Yeah, they were better than you'd... I, they were the kind of thing where you put them in your ears and go, whoa, that is a... I don't know how they did that with that little tiny form factor, but that is very impressive. So next, something that I lived with for a while... Um, and you lived with for a while. I have just nothing but amazing things to say about the Blue Sound uh, Vault, which is uh, the well, CD burner the vault. version. I, I just had the and the node. I just the had node. the speakers. Oh, you had the speakers. I had the oh. speakers. I didn't have the the vault. Did you have the node? I thought you had the. What's the node? The node is the little box, the streamer. No, no, I didn't have that. I oh. had the speakers. Oh, I, that's why I said to plug it in today so you could check it out. I had a problem out. with the speakers. Okay, well, I didn't care about the speakers. I'm talking about the Note. No, I did because the Note they is the streamer. They, they would not sync with the soundbar because they were an add-on and they're having trouble with their software. All right, we're not reviewing those. We're reviewing the Node. It's just more information for everybody. Okay, all right. So I've had the Blue, Blue Sound Vault and the Blue Sound Node for a few months now. And I got to tell you, from... Oh, from the box opening until today, it has been nothing but a lovely experience. It's the kind of thing where I pulled it out of the box, I plugged the thing in, I downloaded their app, everything worked within like two seconds. It's never not worked. There's never been a conflict with it, and it's been awesome. They work with Rune, right? They work with Rune. And, I mean, it was title. seconds to get on Rune. So the um, Blues uh, Sound has now got this so that it's working with NAD, and they're now putting it out through their whole line. I'm looking to um, bake this off against our custom streamer, which had to be sent back because our mad scientist had trouble with the, uh, the fan on the computer, and so I sent it back, and it's disappeared into the mad uh, genius's laboratory, and we're right. trying to get it back. That's what I want to bake this off. In the meantime, he was able to get the software onto a Mac Mini. So I'm very, very interested. Oh, this is the one that comes with an amp. Yeah, so this it, is, the, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the power node. So you can plug any pair of passive speakers into this, and you have full streaming and rune capability. So like it's, it's, a, it's all it, there. It's a Class D with a DAC. Yeah. And, and a streamer in one. So that's, this is the power node, which is their amped... Uh, so you can hook up any pair of passive speakers you want, and you've got now room ca room capability, and you're you're on all the things, and the DAC's great. And then the other one, which is the Vault, what a great piece of kit that thing is. I plugged it in; it's in my um, my studio. And the, what's great about it is that it's a head; it's essentially a headless, high resolution burner. So you just walk over, you throw a CD into it. 
it cranks out the highest possible resolution version of that CD and a low res if you want it, but it, it'll just do high res. And high res is it upscaling or is it just gives you 1644? It gives you 1644. Um, I don't know that. That's a good question. That's if good it upscales, let's some find of out. the DAC manufacturers have gotten into and it's gone back and forth whether you should upscale all your digital media to high res as opposed to 1644 uh, hertz. Um, so that's 16 bits, 44 hertz. Because there's a theory in digital um, sound where there's a noise, um, a digital noise level that, that occurs and that if you actually raise the frequency of the music high enough that this digital signal goes away. We've heard this at different places going back and forth. I have n never been a fan of the upscaling, although they may be doing it better now than they used to. I always like the native resolution of what the track was coming in and having the best DAC uh, doing the, the DA conversion. So that's been my experience so far with this. So, so I, I don't think this upscales. This just does... Um, here's what it has. Let me give you the specs on so it. It gives you native resolution. It gives you native resolution. It also has a two terabyte hard drive built in. Solid and you, state? Uh, yep, yep, solid state. So that's nice. Yep, and let's see... Um, it is uh, rip your CDs to FLAC, MP3, Wave, WMA, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a couple of one gigahertz processors. Easily connect to wired home. Um, control music wireless, wirelessly with the Blue OS controller app. It also connects to um, Rune. And it connects to your Amazon Echo and AirPlay 2, which is super cool. Um, it's $11.99. And I just, the thing I loved about it is that you just, Literally, you walk by it. If you still have CDs and, and cases, or I have one of those big, you know, case logic envelopes full of CDs, and they were all MP3 in my Amazon or my iTunes library. So I would just walk by, throw a CD in, and just go about my day. And the next time I walked by, it, that CD would be sticking out. You know, it had been ripped. I just pull another one out and throw another one in and keep walking and just not worry about it. By the time I was, you know, a month in, I had ripped my entire CD library, <laughs> and then. The software also allows you to uh, to dump that entire internal terabyte drive to an external drive. So when I you know have to give this thing back, which will happen be you know probably fairly soon, I can just take all that and throw it on an external drive and have my entire FLAC library somewhere, which is super cool. I just found it to be such a pleasure. It reminds me of that Sonica. Remember when we had the Sonica DAC and it was just like you pull out of the box, it was a nice experience. You plug it in, they it just discontinue worked. Discontinue that. They discontinued. Their, their whole selves opposed yeah. out of the out of the game yeah so they yeah i didn't understand that at all yeah they were they were they're out they're out of the high uh high-end audio game unfortunately which is weird because the, their stuff is i mean that they sent me their uh their 4k player it is a i mean it is literally the best thing i have in my system it is a beast so anyway um <laughs> the blue sound so the blue sound vault 2i is the the ripper and then the node? <coughs> I don't know why I'm coughing so much all of a sudden. I've been I've been coughing uh, this whole time. Smog, L.A. Seriously, uh, the power node. The power node is a wireless multi-room music streaming amplifier. That's the other thing we have in front of us. This is uh, you've got premium speakers. It's got a hybrid digital amp and DAC technology. Uh, Sixty watts times two and eight uh, digital analog. Output subwoofer out, which is really cool on this as well. Uh, again, same drill with Amazon Alexa, connects to Rune, does all the things. And psh, I got nothing but, like, I just think they nailed it. I think they just nailed this thing out of the park. And when you look online, this thing has almost solid five-star reviews. This one is $7.99. Then the passive version is without the, the amp, which is just a streamer, I think is $4.99. So we've got the power, power. So we node. need you to get in the four ninety nine so we can bake it off against our stream. Well, but it would be able to do this too. It'd be kind of cool to throw saying, your harbors on this. Why not? Well, you can, but I'm just saying it would be nice to, put, to move with the amp section and see if it's affecting the DAC. Oh, maybe. I mean, it's probably the same, the same gear. I would imagine. Um, I wonder if you could skip it. I wonder if you could skip it and just run. I mean, it'd be weird, but I wonder if you could skip it and just run it as a DAC, if you wanted to. But. If you want to hang, and you can hang with this thing for a while. If you want to, if you need it for a little bit more time, 
But I would I would just say if you're on the fence and looking for something to you know update a pair of speakers that you like a lot, they could be even these you know classic you know you've got some JBLs that your dad gave you from 1973. You can hook these things right into this and update them to AirPlay and Bluetooth and whatever you want. And it's really a Again, a delightful piece of kit for $7.99. I just think it sounds great. You can throw a sub on it. This is the perfect little box for a a bedroom system. You could run a television through or, or, or anything. So it's, This is the way it's going. It's got multiple inputs. Um, so you've got, let's look at those inputs. We've got uh, optical in. We've got analog in. We've got USB and you've got yourself, you've got a sub out, you've got an, yeah. So you've got optical or analog in. It's kind of like the, um, the, Apple, uh, the Apple plug on their laptops, which and, can be either USB, infrared. Right? Infra- I think USB is service. That was USB right is there. It, can you go in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, no, I think that's so you can put a, like a hard drive on it. Because so you, you, it'd be the opposite. It'd be the opposite so plug. it's optical only in? It's optical or analog. Okay. So you're either you're either going analog with a like a, a let's say a dual RCA to a eighth inch. Um, it doesn't have RCA jacks on it. It has like an either it's like an optical slash eighth inch jack like a Apple laptop has. Um, anyway, good piece of kit. I really like it a lot. Uh, highly recommended for me. Um, and I think we're probably two questions. We're 40 minutes in, so um, we're, this is an interesting question. It might be hard to do, but I would be kind of cool to do the research on this. This is from David. He says, it'd be cool to do an episode where you go into different server options that are out there. There seems to be competing claims about Rune Rock devices like Nucleus, Linux devices like Matt's or Pisonic Transporter from small green machines, NAS devices, servers with proprietary links, and servers with coaxial links like the name CD Ripper. There's a bunch of options out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much research you've done in them. I mean, you've been I using. I've actually that. listened to a lot of those. You have, but I, I would say that that's an episode. That's an episode. That's an episode. Yeah. So far, the best thing that I've heard, hands down, is the proprietary Linux that we have in our box that the Mad Genius is making, but the proprietary Linux that I've Linux I've heard has been great. I had the Rune Nucleus in, and I gotta say, I was not impressed. And apparently I'm the only one, but when I got in the other server, it was so much better. The Nucleus, you said? Yeah, I've had the Nucleus in, so. Um, one thing I liked about it is how bulletproof it was. You know, it was running yeah, it their was, entire setup at Cedia. Yeah, I mean, they had like 28 devices going off of one server. That was agreed. cool. But it was just interesting that the proprietary Linux and its ability to fix the timing in Timber, once you hear it, it is so different. But we'll, we'll, we can go through some of the options we've, we've heard and uh, go over some recommendations. I don't know this. Maybe you know this. I don't know. I don't know what even this is. He says, hey, good show, man. Thanks. Could you do a test of tube buffers? like the Yaquin CD3 for a couple hundred dollars. Curious if it helps tame harshness and creates holographic space. I have a Marantz 5005 going to Emotiva XPA3 and going to put it between the two. Currently using Boston Acoustics VR M60, which are awesome but very revealing. So it sounds like he's got some harshness and he wants to... What's a tube buffer? Do you know? Yes, a tube buffer is when you run the sound into a set of tubes to try and give the amp the, the, the romantic uh, sound of the tube. They, it's huh. a, they call it a second-order harmonic. It's actually a musical third. That's why people like the old-fashioned tubes, is it actually added a third to the music. And, hmm. it was, and, and they'll do that on an octave basis as well. Um, I don't have any experience adding that. Uh, my kind of view is the more you add, the, the more challenges between cables and synergy. But I do know Jim Foz, Kate, Jim Foss, um, who's got a two buffer with uh, Jolita that's got a great rating. But so you certainly can try them. I'd have to say in this, you just got to try it. There's, there's a bunch. I, I, first of all, I had no idea of any of this stuff, but yeah. there's, I'm looking at a ton of them. The Jolita one is written by a guy that really seems to know what he's doing. So, Oh, I have access to one of those. Yeah. Remember I sent you the list of that yeah. woman that had a whole bunch of them? Yeah, so 
Again, huh. again, you'd have to try it and see it works for you. And Peachtree used to do that on their previous generation, on their integrated. They'd had a, a tube loop. Uh, and they have it on their current one. I think that you can do it as well. Again, you'd have to try it. So I'm looking right now. There's a whole bunch of companies. Um, IFI makes one. Project looks like it makes one for $400 called the Project Tube Box DS that looks like it gets some really nice reviews. I sort of always saw these and thought they were for like headphone amplifiers, but that's not the case. The one you're talking about also gets great reviews, which is called the Black Ice yes, by that's Jolita. The, that's the new... It's the FX10 integrated tube amp. Actually, it's a whole, it's a whole amp. No, no, there's, there's, actually, there's actually a box. There's a preamp. That... No, it's not a preamp. It's just a buffer. He, he, the term huh. is correct. Okay. But Black Ice is making it, but I don't have any experience using them. I just know they're out there, and it's a way of trying to add the romantic sound of tubes. So you That'd just be interesting. Because otherwise, uh, you, you get something the the digititis that is uh, prevalent in some of the maybe earlier Class D stuff. Um, well, no, Class D has it like a, has a also a, has a secondary problem. Is the original Class D didn't sound good in the treble, uh, and it was very harsh. You couldn't dial that out, and the tubes, you're trying to use tubes to fix harshness is, I think there's better ways of doing that than trying to use the tubes. You, you got to figure out why you're having the harshness in the first place. Mm. And the first thing I would do is look for the source and I would say, what kind of, what, what are you feeding? What are you feeding why is it your, so harsh? What are you feeding your beast? And is it actually got a DAC problem or is it actually, because we show that when we, we actually took the streamer and we, we put the Rega on the streamer Rega has the first generation has a terrible USB interface, and it sounds horrible. It sounded great because the streamer was 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 clocking it, and we didn't have to worry about USB buffering. Right, right. Because it it, it wasn't asynchronous. So there's a way of trying to work on the source size, which is the first place I would work, and then and if you don't like the sound after that, I would probably look to be changing the gear out or the yeah. or you have a synergy mismatch. So one of the other things people don't realize is if you got, you might have even great gear or well-reviewed gear, but when you put it together, it just doesn't play nice in the sandbox. And that's the thing that I spent a lot of time fooling around with all this. It's just trying to figure out what works well with whom. I'll, I'll tell you one that I thought sounded great uh, was the Rogue Audio Cronus. I heard this one live at, uh, where was I? Maybe CES? And this one's used for twenty two hundred bucks, but I want to say it was like twenty five hundred dollars. Man, did it sound great! It's tube, great, great integrated amp. And I've actually gone to a few high end audio shops since then, and they've been like, "Oh, those things, they sell really well." It's almost like a poor man's Macintosh. It just sounds really good out of the gates. And if you like tubes, it's a tube. So, um, this one I think you have some experience with. I don't at all. Which is, uh, this is from Brad. Brad says, I love the podcast. I suggest an episode on MagnaPan speakers. Uh, they compete very well with much more expensive speakers. S please spend some time on the center channel setup they promote on their website. They promote it greatly enhances the sound stage. Well, we talked earlier in this episode about the wife acceptance factor, well, which has to be is low. He talking about the, they have a, a three... Piece. I think so. That's the three-piece one. I haven't heard it when they're just doing the three, but I got a lot of experience with MagnaPans. The, the message with MagnaPans is, one, you need a tremendous amount of power, but also current. So although people say they can do it with tubes, pretty hard to do it with tubes. You need a great solid state. Using it, ideally, Class D works very well. And the second thing is, you got to work on the stability of the MagnaPan stands. Because a lot of the stands, um, they wobble. And it's like anything. You need it to be absolutely rock solid. So there's different ones, different companies that make different um, stands to really try and make it more rigid. Uh, and the final thing is, I understand, MagnaPans will wear out over time. So if you were going to go and buy them used, uh, a lot of times they have to be refurbished. So they don't break in like a regular. So for those of you who don't know, MagnaPan speakers look like like they literally look like a piece of drywall that's been cut in half vertically. They're just tall panels surrounded by a wooden frame, and they use a technology that's different. It's it's is it ribbon based or is it electromagnetic? Mylar ribbon. Mylar ribbon. So it's just one big giant ribbon. There's no woofer. 
So the whole thing is moving, and uh, or is it not moving? I mean, I don't even really understand well, they how they have, work. They have different. There's a tweeter section. There is sections on it. Um, they absolutely sound magical. Too. Another thing is you need a lot of room. Um, they need to be really off the back wall, way out into the room, because uh, they're bi-directional, uh, and you've got to manage that back wave. I've had them, and I've had them modified, and they're absolutely glorious. The, the sound and the, the, the realism is amazing. Similar to Martin Logan's, the um, electrostatics are also absolutely delightful. Got to have the room, and uh, got to have the power, especially with the Maggies. So yes, are they a great bargain? Absolutely. <laughs> They're going to make it up for it on amp cost. Right. I've heard absolutely killer rooms. With, with I mean, in fact, a lot of times at the audio shows, the Magnapan room or the company that distributes them, I forget, they always have like a whiskey bar open and they've got like crazy lights and they've got appetizers and you just go and sit down and hang out. They're like, yeah, we know the speakers are great. Just hang out and enjoy them like you're supposed to. And that's really what they do. Uh, last question of the day is Peter says, um, in one of your podcasts, you mentioned some tracks that you use to test audio. Wondering if you posted those that list anywhere or even better made a title track list so I can check it out. I do actually have a title playlist that I can share. I don't know how to do that. Maybe I'll do it in the show notes. I think I can share a list, but I will go through mine. If you Do you have your phone handy, Paul? Do you have a, a playlist set up for uh, your listen? Because I have a... a, a no, I don't have a I don't have a playlist. What's wrong with you? Uh, I have songs that I pick depending on where I'm at. System test songs. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm I'm more instinctual. I, depending on the problem I'm having, I'll play. But I, I if because when we first set the bass, so we always ballad of the runaway horse. Right. Uh, with Jennifer Warren and Bob Washerman is always the starting point, and then depending on how well that goes or doesn't go. We'll then move on to the next tracks. So what, do you, what off the top of your head, what, which ones do you like to use? Um, I like to use Tin Pen Alley. Uh, yep. I'm still having trouble with the bass. Steve Ray Vaughan. And then Heaven Can Wait by Madeline Perot. Oh, I don't know that one. Um, two, like a minute and a half, two minutes in it is the most nasty bass note that you're ever going to have to do in your system. Like the Buble one? No, it's, it's worse. And, wow. But if this one, you can actually get right. And if you get that one right, the bass is now solid. Okay. Then I move on to Kelly's Suite. Dream on because then I want to know: Do I have problems? Aerosmith cover. Aerosmith cover, but there's, if you don't get it right, there's a shrill shrill from her. So to be able to, to figure out my angles on my speakers and so on, she's a really telling track. Okay. If I can't get that right, then then it's back to the drawing board. Okay. And then I'll move on, and I'll often use Diana Krall, some kind of wonderful, just because I know it and I know the timber, and I know her voice. The, no, I actually the voice is important, but I'm really listening to first is the bass. Okay. It's a it's an acoustic bass. I'm listening to the finger picking, and if it isn't being plucked and it's perfect, then I know my bass is off. And then there's a piano part that comes in like about two minutes and change. If the timber and that's off or the timing, then I'm totally screwed. Then it's back to the beginning. So that track kind of tells me if I got it all dialed and set right, that track's very telling. And then her voice. She actually is in the microphone and slurring. If you don't hear her slurring her S's, uh, it ain't right. Okay. What's the one we listen to that we always have to dial in the attack? Is that, is that uh, Ballad of the Runaway Horse? Attack on the bass. Yes, that's So if Ballad it gets blurry... The, you're way off. Okay, so, if it's, so how we typically do that is you hear the upright bass, and if, it's, if the bass is like muddy and you don't hear the... The, the pluck. The, the pluck, the finger pick, which is what we call attack... If you don't hear that, then it's you're in the wrong spot. Well, it's probably uh, the sub's probably too close, or the speakers, right? Whether could you're be. doing the speakers or the you're in the wrong spot. Yeah, it could be too close to the wall. So a lot of times we'll pull the sub away until you hear that attack, and then it, maybe it gets a little thin. So then you, but you know you're in the ballpark, and you can start tweaking from there. Um, <clears throat> mine are for. Um, oh, there's more, though. You got more? All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right, Mr. Fancy. Abraxas from the DSD from Santana is absolutely stunning. Okay. And the the timber on that and the drums and the guitar, I can actually hear when his guitar, there's a phase shift, and I can hear his amp and everything else. So that's a pretty telling track. 
So that's really great. How about and, the, the, and the buzz that, in Tin Pan Alley? The same thing. You start to pick up these things. If you hear those things correct, and then um, Sweet Emotion, yep. the DSD, when the, when the drums and the bass kick in full, if that isn't rock in your room, ah, something's wrong. Well, for me, that song was, remember when we listened to it at your other house, does the snare drum sound like I'm sitting at the, the drums? That's been replaced now for me by Fascinating Rhythm, which is by, uh, uh, not Michael Brecker, um, uh, uh, Dave Grusin. This, that song is killer for, for me, for piano timber, for drum, actual drum sounds, and then for imaging, because it has a ton of left-right stuff going on. And then I also like Best Time, just the first one minute, Best Time by Chris Bodie has some really killer imaging. And if you can hear the pop of the hand drum on that, it should be up and to the right when you, when you got it right. And then when the, the uh, trumpet comes in, it's dead center. So that, those for me are really... Yeah, and the final one is Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. You can pick any track. It doesn't really matter. That's so well recorded. <laughs> that should sound absolutely amazing analog, even though it's digital. And do not use the high res because it sounds like crap. Mm. You got to use the, the original 1644.1. And Pink Floyd should sound glorious. Okay. I like, um, this one was a huge surprise to me. I was not a fan. And I got, I had this Kef LS50s, and they're on the SVS subwoofer at the house. And I've gone through so many experiences now where, you know, my friends come in. I'm like, you have to hear these speakers are great. They said, cool, how much are they? I'm like, $2,300. And they're like, oh, I would never spend that much on speakers. And then it's five hours later, and we're still, look, play this track. Do this one. Like, we're still listening to music. I'm like, yeah, they get cheaper by the song is how these work. But she puts on Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac. Well, that album's brilliant. And I was, I was floored rumors by is a huge it. It is amazing. to me the best recorded album I've ever heard. And I, got, I just got to speak, I don't know if you know this, but I just got to speak and play drums at East West Studios where it and Thriller were recorded just right down the road here in West Hollywood. And it was just, I couldn't believe how good that album sounded. All of a sudden there's twang, like twangs happening somewhere on the left-hand side, you know, 20 feet up. And I'm like, You've, it sounded like the most 3D album I've ever heard. So I like that one a lot. Um, I like Rosanna by Toto. I think has a great live band sound. Uh, I use, we've talked about Sunrise by Simply Red. That was one of the original songs that we used to test to. And it's got this buildup that goes wow. And then a really thin kind of drum, but there's no bass or bass drum at the beginning. And then it kicks in and that thing should hit me right in the chest, that upper mid bass that we would love if they were Kef Blades or those Burmeisters that we loved. They would smash us right in the chest. Um, my, my quick list, uh, I won't get into all of them, but I have When the Angels Fall by Sting, which is a very ethereal song from um, the Soul Cages. The Queen of All Everything is my big electronica there's a somewhere about four minutes that thing kicks in. It should blow your windows out of your house because it's just got so much song and texture in it. And let's see what else. If you want rock, I like uh, Alive by Pearl Jam. It's beautifully recorded. That snare drum is making you want to punch a dog. It's so good. There's no punching of dogs on this show. That's what I'm saying. No dogs were harmed in the making of this show because... The snare is so good. Um, anyway, so that's a. And then I, I had uh, Heat of the Moment by Asia. Again, if you're a kind of a, a, a band, an arena rocker type, Heat of the Moment has a really great uh, back and forth thing happening. You're going to need to do a video on how to set speakers. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll definitely have to do that. Because that's the biggest bang for the buck. Because if, if you learn that, whatever your gear is, yeah. know, there's going to be this huge improvement. Yeah. Or where to put a subwoofer. Yeah. If you get one. It's two. so crazily room dependent, and it's actually speaker dependent. You know, I have those. Uh, I was talking to Andrew Jones about this. the 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 port on my Sonus Faber, what are they called? Ele elevator, elevation ones, or whatever it is. The ports on the bottom 
which means that they have crazy flexibility in terms of they don't need to be close or far away from the wall. They interact pretty much exactly the same. Um, and But you get a, a ported speaker in the back, and all of a sudden you've got to really worry about the, the chuff or the woof from the port hitting the wall and kind of making your whole room ring. So, yeah, speaker set matters. It all matters a little bit, doesn't it? Some things don't cost you any money, though. That's, that's, that's true. That's the good thing. And those pads that you got earlier cost you 20 bucks. Set your own so, speakers and 20 bucks. Folks, you've now just listened to another episode of Beginner Audio File. Thanks so much for all this. If you would, if you'd be so kind as to pop on over to iTunes for us and just leave a little review. Just, you know, if you've listened to the show a couple of times and you got anything out of it, it, it's super helpful for us. And then if you have other friends that are in audio, just post the thing on a message board or on a Facebook group and tell people, hey, there's a pretty cool podcast you should listen to. So thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for uh, having us in your uh, house. Oh, it's been great fun. Always a pleasure. And folks, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening to Beginner Audio File. For gear giveaways and answers to your questions, join our mailing list at beginneraudiophile.com. Tag pictures of your audio setup to at Beginner Audio File on Instagram. Until next time, keep experiencing great music.